the tinkerer in my brain wants to understand how things are made. And when I don't understand the technology in something, it doesn't worry me, but it kind of does worry me. And I really want to make the things that are in my head. And to do that, I need to understand some of the technologies now. If you, it's like design and product, yes, you can mock it up, but there's a gap. Technology changes and there's so much amazing technology to be able to play with and create. And so but even being able to get like a first prototype out of my brain is great. Being able to understand the how the bones and the engine works means I can advise and create better products. Hey, Bob WP here. Welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce and WordPress Builder podcast. Today's show is brought to you by A2 Hosting, where speed and security is priority 24-7 for all your clients' woo shops. And Jetpack, where now you can customize your client sites with over seven individual plugins that do one thing and do it well. I'll tell you more about A2 Hosting and Jetpack later in the show, but we have a special episode today as Tammy Lister returns to the Do the Woo hosting team. Tammy and Jonathan share a bit more about both of their backstories and what they have in store for you moving ahead as co-hosts. Plus, they give a little insights and perspectives to the whole ecosystem. So if you have any interest in product makers, you will not want to miss their monthly show. So let's get right into it. Welcome to another episode of Do The Woo. I am your co-host today, Jonathan Wold, and I am joined by your new co-host with me, Tammy Lister. Tammy, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Uh, so for those who don't know uh, either of us that well, let's let's dig a bit, little bit into our backgrounds. And, and I'll start with this. For you, when did WordPress like first come onto the picture, come into the scene in Tammy's life? Yeah. I I describe it as I was torturing my own code and my own blog. I think a lot of people, and this is back in the day, were trying to create their own thing because everyone thought they had to create their own thing. Um, highly insecure with PHP and trying to write because everyone thought they had to write on the web and do something to get your words out there. And someone this said, hey, you enjoy creating the design layer more and creating that kind of aspect more and the words try this thing called WordPress. And I think I resisted it for a while because I was like, uh, yeah, I, I like tinkering, but you know, this is the way we're meant to. We're meant to kind of make our own thing. And as soon as I discovered like the theming and the customization, that was kind of me. The ecosystem and everything grew up from it. It's quite early stages, but that's kind of how I discovered it. Do you remember what version of WordPress it was? Uh, it was right back at the beginning because I just joined when theming was starting to happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was uh, right around WordPress 1.5, uh, which I, I think plugins had just been introduced. Like I, I was, it was in the 1. 5, 1.2 to 1. 1.5 transition, but 1. 1.5 is where I started. I remember that the the admin theme had, had like the admin had gotten a bit of a, a remake. Yeah. The admin had several remakes over its time around then. It kept on changing its clothes. I had a similar experience where I've been playing with PHP. Uh, my motivation was a bit different. I always, I was always looking for the shortcuts. <laughs> and so I was happy to do PHP. But as soon as I yeah. learned about WordPress, 
Mm. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I can, <laughs> like I, I don't have to be like mm. figuring this uh, folder structure stuff and inheritance and all this. I can work on WordPress. And I discovered the community pretty early on. When did the when did the community first come into your experience? So community's always been a thing with me because I was in kind of the Linux communities before, and the community kind of. I tripped into the community, if that makes sense. I kind of discovered the product, kind of discovered the community. And that was like, okay, well, I get this. It's it's kind of part of that. I was already in kind of the blogging communities, all those kind of things. So it was a natural fit for me. Um, and then the contribution, it, it felt right to me that you pay for the free software that you get. That's always been part of my, my thing. This is part of the exchange, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so... That that was pretty soon on. My contribution journey, though, was a little bit um, varied. Um, went around and kind of tried to find the space that worked for me because back then it wasn't so much – it was more – very vast is is the best way I can describe it. There wasn't so much a theming and there wasn't so much a plugin. It was very like core was a vast space. So I landed in BuddyPress uh, after a few kind of years because BuddyPress felt like a, a space I could work on a kind of close, not close, but a, a very distinct product. I kind of done theming. Themings were, themes were great because they were like a package, right? I could kind of understand that. And then BuddyPress, I could understand as well. So for me, it was always about things that I could understand that had an application. That was kind of my product brain kicking in. What about you? So it's been like, a long time in WordPress for me, but community. Uh, I so the the online portion was always like a piece of the puzzle for me. But my my first WordCamp, and if I'm recalling correctly, so so I'll come back to that in a moment. Do you remember where we first met? No. Okay. So this, this, <laughs> which is this, awful. No, no, no. Well, it's interesting because it, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been very memorable for you, but it was for me. Oh. And it was my one of my first. I think it was my first WordCamp. Was WordCamp Europe in Vienna? Oh, wow! And I was with XWP at the time, an agency doing like enterprise work. And there was a, and this was my first WordCamp. Right, I'm, I've been in the community for more than like ten years. Huge first WordCamp. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I recommend it. <laughs> it was it was a great experience. Um, I, this has been for a number of reasons. One, WordCamp's been on the weekends. It always been a struggle for me with a young family and. Like not working on Saturdays and just the travel in general. So it just been something I hadn't made time for. And so I'm at this first WordCamp and and like there's a lot of people like I'd connected with in different ways online, but there's something about the in-person. So I'm at uh, one of the dinners that XWP put on and you were there. And this is reminding me of an important lesson that I've learned over the years of not making assumptions about people based on first impressions. Oh, what did I do? (laughs) You didn't do anything. You were great. (laughs) But like for me, as someone who was just coming in uh, to like the community experience, the the impression that I walked away with from that was that you were too cool. Oh. That I'm like, oh, Tammy, like she's, she's super cool. She's like doing this stuff over here. And so not like, and we didn't really talk. It was like a big... It's not true. Yeah. You were quite cool. It was like a big dinner. And I remember seeing you there. <laughs> I didn't know much about you, but the people yeah. that had invited you were like really excited to connect with you. And and um, it was just uh, it was an interesting experience. And this has happened to me a couple of times because you and I have since become good friends. Like we've worked together on a number of different things. 
And that was an important reminder to me in reflecting back on it, of just the importance in general. I think it's a reminder to me that we we can wrongly kind of associate idolization or, or kind of like say people are cool or whatever. Yes. When they're really not. Like, like they, or someone, maybe they're just working on a, like a project that's kind of the hot thing at the moment. But that's just because the work they're doing at the moment is hot. They probably for like, like there's, there was a many, many years of contribution that I was doing that I was not cool, right? And there's many years after that I've not been cool. I just happened to work on a project that was hot at one point. And that, that's, that's a different thing from being kind of doing the thing. That was my first work camp was just a regional work camp, which was such an easier way of doing it. <laughs> um, and my first ever speaking at work camp, I was so uncool. Um, well, no, my first like, bigger speaking I walked off stage not realizing you had to ask for questions and answers or and spoke too fast and it wasn't in my own just to show how uncool I am uh but I think sometimes like we think someone you know we're all contributing to the same thing and we're all making the same projects and I think that that's kind of just to get to know people I've tried over the times I think I've had the same thing in this project with different people when I've turned up in spaces um I'm like totally shy and just trying to listen to their story and see the things that they're creating I think is so important one of the things and for anyone like if you haven't been to word camps this can be it's gonna be a tricky thing right especially when when you are working on like a hot project right like there is that sort of association and, and it's, it's tricky because I've done this. We all tend to do this. It's like you can form a first, imp- you can form an imp- a conclusion of someone based on a first impression. Well, that person's probably completely tired and completely, they, they may be working like 20 hours a day because they're working on the hot project. Especially at a, like a word camp. Yes. They're working 20 hours a day on the project. They may be working back to back. They might be working. Um, and I think sometimes people don't realize if someone is working on either, and it's not just a hot project, it's a hot product. They could be working on something that they're trying to release for that WordCamp. And then they're either trying to pitch at that WordCamp or they're pitch- and pitching the product in core is the same as pitching a product at the WordCamp if you're a company, right? And so you've worked all the hours that you could fit in beforehand. And then you're working all the hours when you're there. You, you're not in your body at that point. So you might appear to be very cold, calm and collected, but your brain is maybe not in your body, <laughs> even though you're trying to connect. And I think that's kind of the interesting um, thing. People are trying to be present and there, but work camps are very overwhelming for people, but there's such an opportunity as well. The, yes, they can yeah. be overwhelming. And on the opportunity <laughs> side, I think, at least, at least for me, uh, one of the reasons like I, I try hard to not like have a, a fixed schedule when I go, and to just really enjoy it and take it in. And I love like standing in line. They often have incredible food, like, which is just wild for like the price that you pay to go into a word camp. Um, but like standing in line and just talking to folks. Now at this point for you and I both, there's many people that we know. So there's, there's a familiarity piece, but I also like have this joy of just meeting people that I've never met before over and over again and learning about the project that they're working on, the product that they're, that they're trying to get up and running and, that's uh, there's incredible value in that, and for anyone listening who hasn't made time to to go to a WordCamp event, um, yeah, it's I highly recommend. I it. love going to the sponsor areas. Yes, uh, something yes. I learned a few years ago. I don't know why. 
I don't think anyone told me to do it or anything. I think it was more just I happened to wonder and just kind of discovering. Um, and I'd now try and make time for it um, and just try and particularly the smaller sponsor areas because that's when you get the new products. Like at WordCamp Europe this time, you got to kind of see, I get very excited. And sponsoring is a big deal. You don't Stairs. get much for it. Right, the stair hallway tracks ah, are yes. great as well. Um, so th- those are good for me to kind of um, sit and kind of get that information from people. Um, and at lunches, if you can sit with not with someone that you know for at least one lunch, I think is always my best advice. That's a good thing. When did WooCommerce first come onto the radar for you? I think it was when I was working for client work and this was before I worked at Automatic and it was through Woo Themes <laughs> and it was kind of through that kind of aspect for it. Um, um, and then it was kind of, um, I think it was known by something different then. It was a different kind of product. It was a different, I don't remember what name it was before it was WooCommerce, but it was a kind of commerce product before that. And then it was... Um, that and then when I was in automatic it was through that so it was kind of that path for me yeah for me woo uh so e-commerce because of just the nature of what I did like the first 10 years of my career in WordPress were like doing all sorts of development projects of all shapes and sizes e-commerce came on pretty early so there was WP e-commerce there was Jigo shop Magento I remember trying to get Magento to work as well yep I did some work with Magento as well and and then WooCommerce just became pretty prevalent uh, early on I was also an early Woo Themes customer and uh, just yeah it was interesting to see this aspect of WordPress that was far from its initial great tool for blogging use case and you could like I think Woo to me was one of the best ways of seeing just the the much larger than obvious or the much more like the ecosystem aspect kind of growing out of the project where it's like, yeah, people are building entire e-commerce businesses on this piece of open source software. And Woo kind of brought that front and, cent- front and center. Yeah. And I think the problem is a lot of people have tried to do, well, I remember trying to template with Magento and I, I don't want to kind of speak badly of any software, but kind of trying to template with stuff like that just doesn't work. And it particularly doesn't work if you have a very particular frame of mind of WordPress templating, which it is a particular way of doing things. So it naturally fits that. Um, and I think the space was ready for it. Um, the space kind of needed it. And the fact that it's grown in kind of unison with the product has really helped a lot um the same of having the bolt-on plug-in technology has really and that kind of ecosystem um and that marketplace approach um uh, you know i always go back to kind of my body press days but that kind of like ecosystem and the bolt-ons and the plugins there's something really special about having that in our woo and wordpress you know because it's adjacent um and therefore it, it creates businesses it creates those kind of um livings from it as well so you joined automatic Mm -hmm. um what did you start working on first so because uh titles are weird and automatic or used to be i was a theme wrangler okay theme developer that's Uh, so uh i worked on themes and that was originally really my thing was theming uh super hybrid 
is the best way to put it. Um, I I specialized in community for quite a while um, and worked on Buddy Press and done a lot of work with that. But really, um, I joined because I just love that balance of like UX and theming. Um, I worked on that for a bit and then did more UX, more UX. And then this little thing that I don't think anyone knows called Gutenberg happened. So, so you end up focusing on Gutenberg. And what were some of the highlights of that experience? That was a good chunk of your your focus there. Yeah, that was a good, good chunk. Um, learning product, I think. Like when you're doing a theme, it's a small snackable product. That's the best way I can describe a theme because it's tiny. But you learn everything about a product. Like you learn everything about shipping. So you do the whole life cycle. <laughs> um, but you don't learn marketing you kind of but it's small it's shippable you do updates right um but learning like mass scale and learning by doing learning by making mistakes learning by um just so much deliverables um and I think that that's one of the biggest ones uh one of the highlights is I think some people get projects in their life and I feel this is one of those projects that I'm lucky enough to have been uh part of uh editors are so core and essential to anything that you do you therefore learn kind of foundation across all products um and all things as well so i flip that back oh sorry how many how many years were you focused on gutenberg uh, so i was at automatic seven and a bit so at least three or four three it's something like that several let's go several (laughs) and and for those who Oh man, I mean, what a, what an interesting, like, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. It's already starting to become so to look back on the introduction of Gutenberg and the challenges surrounding it. One of the things that I noticed earlier this year, um, we, we've had a big move where the Gutenberg uh, editor has gone from one star to two, uh, the, like the reviews. Do you know, I used to reply to every review. Did you that really? It's one of my jobs. Oh. Yeah, I tried to. Oh. <laughs> Try to apply to every one star review. <laughs> I think most people now who look back saw, and w- w- the journey is not done, right? Like there's still a lot going on. It's a tough project for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and only tougher too, because of the just increasing size and scale of the ecosystem. Yet most people who are in, who are following it closely agree that it was the right move. You can we can say what we want to about execution, a way things we could have done differently. Like it's always hard. I think that's the thing. You have to learn lessons collectively in open source. If we're making the same mistakes we were making in phase one at all, then we need to like look at and we're not point one. <laughs> um, but we have to collectively we're all grow we're all adults, but adults make mistakes. Adults learn. Adults also do some things right. Um and in reflection some of the decisions are right. In reflection some of the decisions aren't right. And I think that that's, you know, everyone's older, everyone's different, everyone's would make different things, but you can't like time travel and go back. So Themes began, it sounds like, your your sort of product interest. And also most people who are involved in Gutenberg have a theming background, which is a curious thing that a lot of... Ah, that is is interesting. It's a curious fact. (laughs) You have a couple of years working on Gutenberg, this product at like a a much larger scale. 
and you've continued to work in product since then from and wearing just a number of different hats any any highlights that stand out from your experience post gutenberg on in the product side of things um I kind of worked in kind of WordPress and then I kind of went into an agency. I, I kind of worked in startup with Extendify and then I worked in agency with XWP. But after that, I kind of wondered what I wanted. Uh, and I've worked in WordPress for a very, very long time. And that's great and amazing. But I wanted to see what else there was and challenge myself. I think what I've been trying to do since I left Automatic is challenge myself. Why is that important to you? I think if I'd chosen the easy road, I wouldn't have chosen open source. I don't think anyone would choose open source if they chose the easy road. I mean that with a beautiful open heart, but the easy road is probably like, I don't know. Like it's not DIY. It's not the easy road, right? But so why then? Like, are you just a, a glutton for punishment? I think I'm I'm just a tinkerer at heart. Okay. I just like. It's not I'm going for punishment because there's so much reward, right? It's not punishment, it's without reward. Otherwise, I'd just be some kind of masochist and, you know, because um, I get so much reward. I just, I'm a tinkerer. I just like engineering and I just like kind of that approach. What do you think the reward is? Community. Um, the reward is being able to make things been able to turn things around quite quickly um and even when I went outside of WordPress I went to a very small startup which was Gitbook <laughs> so but that was such a lesson in product work um and I and that was I've been lucky enough to be able to choose what I need to learn um whether it's been whether I think I need to learn it or uh, the world has decided I need to learn it um whatever um and uh i learned a lot about rapid product work in that space um and i got s some really great lessons and then from there i've gone back to work at inside now and to do again agency at scale but i've come back as development because really for me product work is multiple sides and um for me i that tinkerer in me likes to know all those sides. What about you? This idea of the reward is interesting because so first, like I'm an optimist by nature. So <laughs> when something's interesting to me, it doesn't take much. Like I can deal with a lot, but there's something deeper here. Like it's been 18 years now for me in WordPress and I'm looking at what I expect to be the next 10 years of my career in WordPress. And it's, there's a, it's a, there's a, it's interesting to think about what the motivation is. And for me, I think that it touches, there's a couple of things. I remember working at WooCommerce and I was in charge of community and I had this, this curious, like, so WooCommerce is a for-profit commercial organization and I was in charge of community and I had volunteers who I had the privilege of working with who were giving their time to this for-profit project that yes, it's open source and all this stuff. And, and so that, but it just dug me, it, it motivated me to dig deeper. Like, what is it? And there's a few things that stand out to me. First, there's like just the basic like shared concept of shared ownership, which is inherent to open source. Like there's this sense, whether people are conscious of it or not, that when you work on the project and I work on the project and it's the same thing, like we're, we're both increasing the value for each other. And so when I help you learn WordPress, when I help you unlock something, I'm also helping myself. So it's WordPress and op like open source and the WordPress as a project benefits. It's not dependent on altruism. There's this sense of 
when I help you, when I contribute, I'm also helping myself. And I've seen that all the way up to enterprise where large organizations invest millions into the project with confidence that like what they want is for their things to be used by others because that increases like that's a benefit to them in the long run. And this concept of shared ownership is key. But you could have that just generally in open source. There's a number of ways. And so for at least for me, there's something about the impact, like seeing your work live. Uh, there's the the satisfaction that comes from that. And then even deeper for me, it's the, I, I can't but see the connection between WordPress and the open web broadly and the sense that the healthier our project does, the more that people benefit from WordPress the more and, and WooCommerce is such a great like microcosm of this. Like their people's lives have been changed because of the businesses that they're able to build and own in this sense of like it's theirs. And to me, the the open web impact, I, I, I feel like I'll still be poking away at this for years, yet the framework of motivation is there where I'm like, the work that we do in this project makes a difference. I think the word I would use is potential. Okay. I like that. Yeah as well so yeah i kind of say like diy tinker and that's like a pure selfish thing because honestly like if i can take it apart i probably will and if i can like <laughs> tinker with it i probably will that's just my nature um but there is a real potential that you don't get enclosed um it's the access the ability, the um, inclusion, and the uh, the ramp, and the just the, the ladder anyone has to climb to be able to uh, access something more. Um, the the help scale, the scale to get help is just so significantly more. Um, you get a lot, like uh, you get mentored, you mentor. That's an underwritten rule of open source, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, And that's part of what you're doing, right? Over the years, so many people have put into me. They knew that by putting into me, I would therefore be putting into other people. Yes. There's a contract there, right? Um, All the people that I've, you know, that's part of it. And people with products, right? The whole point is um, I, I really hope I think we haven't seen it fully yet from the product space. I think we're starting to more because I think people are starting to realize that, okay, there was like a, a time, particularly with Linux, and it was kind of like, okay, we, we can't make money from open source. No, no, we have to be super altruistic and we have to be almost like hippie-ish about it and, and never make money. And, 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 you know, actually we do need to eat, you know, <laughs> actually, you know, the open source people are getting older and we kind of do need to live and maybe they've got children and maybe they've got lives and they've got to pay and uh, people want to do this for the rest of their lives and they want to kind of have this way of life and this this way of life has actually enabled them to live a life that has been pretty okay and if they can pass this on to the next generations and build these products that's kind of okay and then they can take that outside of what they're just doing in their product because open source philosophy and open web philosophy isn't just like about how they're doing their product just to get a bit deep there but yeah every site you build has the potential to be fast and secure with a2 e-commerce hosting it's understood that your clients stores are running 24 7 and that speed is critical to keep both of you happy As you have heard a number of times from guests, performance is key. 
A2 hosting, VPS, and dedicated turbo plans will make you a shining star when it comes to your clients. They even have a one-click deployment for Woo sites when easy is an alternative. Their enhanced security won't keep yourself or your clients awake at night, and they promise a no-hassle money-back guarantee. So consider A2 Hosting for your next client project at a2hosting.com. In some instances, you want a plugin that brings you several features that you need. Other times you need something simpler. You need a plugin that does one thing and does it very, very well. With Jetpack, you have both options. Now you can customize your client's need with your choice of seven individual plugins. Now we are talking backup, CRM, security, performance, video hosting, social sharing, and search. Each one of them doing what it should do with your client's site. So I suggest you head over to jetpack.com and get what you need when your client needs it. And watch for more individual plugins coming from Jetpack as they are released throughout this year. So you start out playing with PHP. You have sort of this development background, the Linux piece. You you go you you get into theming, this this product side of things. You go into UI UX, go pretty deep under the product side. Now you're at Impside, which is just a great agency in this space, and you're doing development. What like so? I'm biased towards range. I think there's an incredible value in having like a wide range of skills. But for you at this at this stage in your career, like what was the like what do you find interesting about development? So it's actually returning back. So I actually started in software engineering and art before that. So it's not like a 180 for me. It's more I've always felt that if you think of a graphic equalizer, I've always wanted to have the graphic equalizer. I've wanted to have all my cake and eat it. No, I've wanted to uh, understand it. Again, the tinkerer in my brain wants to understand how things are made. And when I don't understand the technology in something, it doesn't worry me, but it kind of does worry me. Um, And I really want to make the things that are in my head and to do that, I need to understand some of the technologies now. If you, it's like design and product, yes, you can mock it up, but I, there's a gap. Technology changes and there's so much amazing technology to be able to play with and create. And so, but even be able to get like a first prototype out of my brain is great. Being able to understand the, how the bones and the engine works means I can advise and create better products um so that's part of it as well for me so here's what's the a challenge like so for me i've had a similar experience right like started out in development um i've there's very little in the product life cycle that i haven't done like done marketing sales like product design product development contributed to ui ux like just a bunch of it and this is like 18 compounded years and of, of fairly like nonstop learning. I'm, and I'm still learning like similar to you. It's like, I'll, I'll get into, I'll jump into something just to learn, just to like explore new things. So there's all that context. Then you have this next generation sort of coming in of product founders who have an idea, who don't have all that sort of background. And especially in an open, like in an open source ecosystem, it, it's like 
there's this curious tension where the bar is low. Like you can just jump in and do something, but it's also high at the same time where it's like success in this space because for, for a number of reasons. So from your perspective, when you think about product and you look at the size of our ecosystem, according to WebPro's data, there are over 92 million active WordPress sites. It's a good chunk of the web, there right? Is. Yeah. And if you're a product creator coming into this space, and let's just focus on WooCommerce for a moment, of which you know WooCommerce by install base is larger than Shopify, and you're trying to like say you have an idea for a product that's going to be you know a, a, a hit with merchants, but you're new to sort of all of this, and you can be drawn in by the size and by the low bar that anyone can play. And then reality begins to, so I'm getting ahead of myself from your experience. What are some of the, I guess the, the challenges or opportunities that, that stand out to you for someone coming into this space when you think about it from, yeah, from a product creator's perspective? I think you said it earlier is when we go to work out, we know people. Right. And I think it's one thing when you walk in a room or a space and you know people, you know who to talk to. But for the first few years, whenever you walk into using a product, particularly open product, you have to learn the product base and then you have to learn how. So you've got to learn how the things work and how you can connect them. And then in our space, you've then got to learn how, who to sell to and who's already using it. That's a lot. So I think the challenge isn't for the people coming in. The challenge is for the people who are already there would be my reflection. And that's what I feel is to create a space where people can be connected to each other more easily and where people who have already made those connections are visible or people who are willing to make those connections are visible is also something which I think is a mature market, which is what I hope we're starting to see. I like that take because one of the challenges that we have, and I, I think you, you just voiced something I've felt for a few years now. I don't want to see people try to come into our space and then get discouraged and leave. Yeah, otherwise it's like people walking into, um, like, okay, I love American supermarkets, but they scare me right because they are like so many different products yeah. <laughs> little english mouse going into these products right and they're so daunting but even big english supermarkets are scary to me right um it's like that right you're putting someone into these giant spaces and saying all right now thrive you cannot do that you cannot have someone do that and cannot have those connections and that person might have the brightest idea they might have the best skills but they're never going to thrive when I first turned up to contribute I ended up finding the quietest corner of contribution because it was the only place I could go where I felt calm and honestly I wandered all the way around core I was all the way around wordpress and eventually I found um, in BuddyPress, I found a super calm little space where I could be heard and it was lovely. And honestly, that's how I started to contribute was just from little, my voice being heard, <laughs> you know, and nurtured. And it's interesting that you would go from that to probably the, the least calm space. <laughs> but you grew, but that yeah. I was nurtured. If you, it, right, like, yeah. So it's weird analogies, but how do you grow a seed? You don't just put it, well, you can, but good luck. Not all the seeds are going to work. If you just throw seeds in a big field, not all of them are going to work, right? But if you put them in a tiny little 
seed grow and then nurture them up, they're going to work, right? That's how, and then put them in a bigger pot, slowly grow them, right? Don't just shove them and then hope it's going to grow. And that's kind of what we think we're going to do from a business perspective. And we don't have that nurturing. Have you seen uh, the movie, The Lorax? Yes. I, I, I've watched that recently with my kids and I, <laughs> I loved it. And just this idea of like taking a seed in the end, like just let it grow. Right. But you got, you have to plant it and you have to give it that chance to do so. Yeah. And you've got to nurture it and we're not nurturing people and we're going to miss out on opportunities if we don't do that. So I want to just pick on that a little bit further because I think you're, you're spot on and it is in our collective best interest. Those of us who have been in this space for a while, it's in our collective best interest to make it more and more accessible to newcomers so that they, because we all benefit when a new product founder comes into our space and says, Hey, I want to create something that for the WooCommerce ecosystem, we want to create incentives for them to succeed. We all benefit from them doing so. And I think that that's an important reminder for those of us who are in this space to continue to like, and a lot of this for me comes back to this concept of decentralization. It is one of the big benefits that we enjoy, but the trade-off is that it's very easy to be siloed off and disconnected from each other. If we don't do the work attending word camps, connecting with each other, reaching out, having conversations to make the connection, to mitigate those trade-offs and make those connections happen. And for those coming into the space and listening, it's important to realize that you, that you're not intruding. Like we want you in this space. And so when you see one of us at a word camp, you see someone like our incentives are aligned to help you succeed. We're going to also, there's a lot of things to consider with open source. So you're going to get candid feedback. Um, there's going to be like, people might be like pretty direct about things. Like there's all sorts of curious, uh, just general people stuff and also unique to open source and WordPress. We tend to be kind of cynical yeah. as a, as a culture. And so that can be a little off-putting for folks, but overall we have an interest in seeing newcomers succeed in our space. We know that to be true. I think that cynicism sometimes we really, as a community, need to park for the new things because we need un- we need it shattered. And I say that about myself as well, right? Because I feel super old sometimes. When someone comes up with a new shiny library, I'm just like, oh, really? I just, I'm too old right like oh can we just not have the old thing? oh can we not right um but pretty much every time I felt that way I've been shown to be completely wrong so, you know whenever I thought I was too cool with what I used to know or old and like and I thought like I've hung on to something or I've been like oh this is like the way someone has shown me it's not the way and when I've sat and listened it's either it's because they've got a really good reason and I just haven't found that reason for it, um, which is 100%. But we w- we need these people outside. And I don't mean like outside <laughs> the zombie, but outside of WordPress to kind of like show us because then we learn more. Uh, outside who have technologies that we are not yet using fully and embracing either. Right? And also because we're a really small community of contributors if we only look inside and like navel gaze and only look internally to ourselves. And for me, just speaking to the need of why the outside, like WordPress is for the web. 
Like ultimately the, the way I like to think about it, it's like WordPress at its heart these days is about empowering creativity on the open web. And for that to be the case, like we have to think about the web as a whole and WordPress, we see this over and over again. WordPress already plays a big influence. If you want to see a standard adopted across the across the web, like WordPress is the place to sort of make it happen, right? It's or it's at very least a, a key part of that that work and the narrative. And for us to continue to improve, we have to be drawing from the outside in, and 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 then and making that that connection between the two, right? Like it, it becomes, yeah. Yeah, I think but we we forget that WordPress used to be. Back back in the day, I feel old. Uh, one of the places where people would go and test ideas. You test an idea for a website because you could spin it up super quick, and um, you used to create a website, uh, just spin it up on WordPress, grow it into a product, and when it outscaled, you would build it into something else or whatever, right? Um, or products even. We've kind of lost that kind of try it fast because we haven't. There's two aspects to this. One, we can't rely on work camps for people to turn up. I think that that's really, we need to look at our ecosystem outside of just contribution and outside of work camps. And I mean that with all the love in my heart because contribution isn't just turning up and putting a line of code. Um, uh, contribution is, is being part of the business <laughs> of WordPress as well. Um, but also we really need to look at the, components the products the things the libraries the things that we have that are connected to the product because if you can't build on top of woo and you can't build on top of wordpress and you can't extend it and um, then people aren't going to want to build on top of it if they can't find the thing to connect to build on top of it they if, if they can't find the thing to do the thing they want to do they're going to go somewhere else where they can just spin it up using a javascript library or not using anything at all if they can do that faster and get around wordpress they're going to um and that's what we have to remember that it's a different world now that these technologies exist if they can do it faster which they should be able to by using the pre-existing components the pre-existing everything which we have so much potential to do then we're on to a winner because then they can spin these ideas up really quickly. And there's a beautiful tension there. Like I remember uh, when I was hosting WooCommerce meetups, people, there's some people who would like think Shopify is a dirty word. And I was like, no, what we actually care about is success. Like we want people to have success. There are some benefits and trade-offs we'd like you to consider, but ultimately when you embrace it where it's not, because when we think open web centric, the proprietary platforms have an important role and I'm all for people getting the success that they need to. What I want is, you know, so entrepreneurs, folks innovate, they can do it in the proprietary spaces. I want them to think about open source. I want them to, to think about like longer term and as they succeed, especially by being customer centric, that also inspires us. That reminds us that keeps this like, okay, how do we stay customer centric in a big project like this? And when you think about how to connect those pieces, so like WordPress can, when we embrace that rather than just seeing proprietary as the enemy, it's, it's this like, okay, yeah, th there, there are benefits and trade-offs. Let's be conscious of those. We don't want a web that's like dominantly proprietary. We can have them coexist though, and make WordPress stronger and stronger for it. Like I think about all the people who do migration work and integration work, like there's so much that that we can do to create a healthier ecosystem. So, Tammy, with I think for both of us, we see plenty to hold our interest for the next you know decade in the space. 
so going forward, we're going to start bringing more like product founders on. We'll we'll be like exploring that more together, which I'm excited about. What are some of the things that to give kind of folks a sense of like what to expect from us? What are some of the things that you're interested in unpacking with product folks? I want to know their stories. Um, I am so curious. Um, like. Why did they take investment? Why did they not take investment? Why did they do this decision? Why did they not do this decision? Um, how did they get to where they got? That's that's kind of what I want to know. Um, just just knowing more about the stories behind the products, yes, but also the stories behind the people behind the products because I think that that's really, really important. Um, we don't necessarily have hack days all the time where we can kind of see that and spin up with people um we don't necessarily see the blog posts of like people telling their life stories or or those kind of things sometimes you do occasionally but i would love the opportunity to really dig in and you get the release of this release does this on the change log and you can see that about their product but let's go behind that right let's not just find out what their feature set is let's find out like what were their decisions what why did they take this route? why did they take that investment at that time why did they not those are the kind of things what about you at this stage in our ecosystem right now I, I spent some time a couple about a month or so back thinking about the the future of wordpress in the next 20 years and i, I like to think a lot about trajectory and inertia momentum and at this stage i see so much opportunity for us to improve the way that we do product in the ecosystem to, to get past some of the challenges that we have with monetization, to, to see products tap into more of the distribution available. And when I think about founders, like I, I'm real, I'm, I want to see more momentum. I want to see more founders who like figured it out and went from a, like a, a hobby or maybe some like confused incentives or, cause there's a, a fair amount of like me tooing that happens where someone does pricing this way and this is like, you have preconceived notions about like, oh, this is how you have to do it in WordPress. It's just not true. But we get stuck in these loops at times and I want to see more people break out of the loops and then do so in this like open source centric way where, so I think that that for me, it's like finding more of the people who figured that out and and extracting the key parts of their stories to, to share and inspire others to do more of the same. Like I want someone to listen, to hear how a founder navigated, like figured out monetization in, the, in an open source space. Like that's, that's something we can unpack for a while, right? To figure out like how to 10X their distribution to get to tap into more of that and then inspire others to do the same. Because going back to where we started with this, we all benefit from people succeeding in WooCommerce, in the broader WordPress ecosystem. And I think you and I digging into more of those stories and just trying to do our best to pull out some of the highlights and inspire. And then ultimately what I want to see is people who are listening empowered to say, you know what, I can do that too. And to recognize that not only are we cheering for you, because we see all the benefit, but we want to help. And it's in our best interest as an ecosystem, as fellow WordCamp attendees to be a part of making that happen. And I think that that's a big thing for me. And, and plus it's always fun meeting more people and you never know where it's going to go. So. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I do th- plus one to, we, th- we think we have to, you know, Fred does it a certain way. So we all have to do a pricing table a certain way, right? That's, <laughs> The WordPress pricing table has to be done a certain way because that's the way it went. No. And so we need to see that, okay, like 
someone tried doing it that way. It didn't work. They looked at, I don't know, some other product that wasn't even in WordPress and they did a pricing table and, oh, look, it worked. And Or they just tried something that's absolutely against all the rules and it worked and this is why it worked, right? That That's what, you know, everyone thinks that there are these stories that are the paths that are cookie cutters or paths you should follow the shoulds of product and generally the people that have been the most successful and success is a real eye of the beholder (laughs) um because I would also like to hear from people that maybe they have got to a point and they've gone that's enough for me because that would be really interesting people who have said nope this is enough business for me this is me and my family. This is enough for me. And they haven't sold and they haven't, they've, they've capped it. Um, that equally is interesting to me as people who've grown and grown and grown and grown to a point and exponentially. Um, so those are all kind of super interesting because you don't have to, you know, give up your job, eat soup for a year. I don't know. All those kind of different stories that you hear product, like you don't eat for a year whilst you're doing whatever, all those kind of debunking of the myths. I love it. We're going to be at WordCamp US yeah, next month. Yeah, Excited about that. Um, in the meantime, so for anyone who's coming, look for us. We look forward to connecting with you there. If anyone wants to connect with you online, what's the best way to do so, Tammy? Yeah, you can find me on Kamatoast, all the things. You want to, you want to uh, so Bob will have it spelled out in the show. Yeah, notes. he will. <laughs> uh, and you've got a couple of web projects that you're working on. So you have, have. Your, of course, your own TammyLister.com. You, what about this Now Next web? Yeah, and Now Next Labs. now next laps yes and what types of things can people expect to find there uh long written blog posts i haven't done it in a little while but i'm trying to write uh thoughts and essays is kind of where i'm going i'm trying to bring back the old web in a good way uh thoughts and uh reflections on things that's kind of where i'm going there Excellent. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun. How about you? And yeah, for me, uh, jonathanwool.com, my WordPress site is the home of my writings. Um, I, I don't have a, I'm a little bit confused about uh, what social media I do or don't do these days. I'm not really confused. I'm more curious to see how things settle. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll look forward to seeing folks at WordCamps. And if you're not uh, already on Slack, the wordpress.org Slack is a great way to, uh, to reach either one of us uh, as well. So excellent. Thanks, Tammy. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Hey, Bob WP here. And I'm so happy to have Tammy back with us at the Do The Woo family. She's something special and brings such a unique and valuable perspective to the show. And joining up with Jonathan, need I say, without sounding too old, they make a dynamic duo. So I'd like to thank both A2 Hosting and Jetpack for their sponsorship and support. Without them, everything we do here at Do The Woo, well, it wouldn't happen. And guess what? Soon you get to meet another new co-host later this month. But until then, keep on doing the woo.